You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 249. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Good. We got a lot of feedback this this episode. Yeah, we have. Looks like we hit on some good uh, topics last week. People want to talk about it. Absolutely. But before we get to any of that, it is April Fool's Day. And uh, it, I, I hate today. I, yeah. I hate April Fool's Day. I, I, I browse the internet like crazy. I mean, it's. I like checking news. I like to see what's going on, the latest in the tech industry and, you know, everything that's going on in the world. And today's the worst day to do that. It just is horrible. Because sometimes these, they look like they're actual headlines. And, and of course, they're not. They're, they're pranks. I hate it. Yep. Yeah, sometimes they yeah, you're right. Sometimes they're obvious. Uh other times they're not. And you always get those interesting few things that basically look like a prank and they turn out to be true. Yes. So um yeah. Not, so, not great. So Google Wow, this is just it's beyond me to be honest. And we're <laughs> by the way, for those wondering, uh we briefly mentioned last week that we were both excited to go see uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. We will talk about that later, and yep. there will be spoilers, so we'll we'll warn you ahead of time. But I mean, it's made like a half a billion dollars. So anybody listening to this show that was interested in this movie, David probably had seen it by now. Um, <laughs> so so Google had a April Fool's prank that they used on Gmail. They replaced the send. An archive button. So instead of just sending an email, this one would send and then archive the conversation. They replaced that button with one that did the same thing, except it added a little animated GIF of uh, what are those? The minion guys dropping the microphone and walking away. Yeah, because because that people don't get bothered by that at all. <laughs> well, you know, there's some reports out now that. Um, someone looks like possibly lost their job because of it. Um, a, a writer sent his article to his editor and because it added that she took it to mean that there wasn't no editing needed that, you know, he was basically dismissing whatever edits she may put in there. Uh, and she th- was ticked. I think that's the problem is if you, if you see, um, in, in the context of a cartoon, one of these minions is those little yellow guys from the uh, Despicable Me. Everyone knows who the minions are. Sure. If you see if you see one of those doing a drop the mic, it's funny because they're these tiny little creatures that speak with funny voices and with funny accents. And seeing one of those do the drop the mic gesture, you know, being all confident and everything, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, fine. It, in in the right context, I can see that being funny. Sure. And the problem is. Drop the mic in itself is a pretty aggressive and negative thing to do in yes. most circumstances, particularly in a, in a conversation where you don't know necessarily or you're not close to the person you're doing. It's the sort of thing, you know, if I, if I say Apple's all right having this 16 year bigger iPhone, drop the mic to you, that's fine between us because we know each other. I, th- I just. I- <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> one, one person. One person said that they uh, didn't get a job because of it. Well, look, uh, the the problem with uh, when you talk about 
not believing everything you see on the internet on April Fool's Day. The problem is you can't believe half of what people say on the internet all the time, including anecdotal stories about this meant this, this meant that. Sometimes people are want to uh, exaggerate. But the point is, is that for a company that's in Google's in the communication space to be uh, to misplace how you communicate between yourself and your uh, yourself and your customers in the interest of doing an April Fool's joke is pretty dumb. It's really dumb. And they dumb. should have, somebody, somewhere on the line, should have gone, uh, you know, are we going to get pushback from this? Is this the right thing to do? The problem with the internet and April Fool's Day is that not everybody's in on the joke. Because a lot of people just don't think April Fool's Day is that big a deal. Not like the, the internet, which kind of likes to embrace it as a big, big thing. But, you know, the, uh, the, out, out in the real world, outside the tech bubble, a lot of people just aren't that into it. That's true. I mean, yeah. I, it, it, this was a really this was really done poorly. Yeah, I, I don't. To me, it was stupid. Anyways, let's yeah. move on. Uh, big news this week, David, was that the FBI says it cracked the terrorist's iPhone without Apple's help, and they withdrew um, their legal motions against Apple. Yeah, it's very much an 11th hour thing. And they won't say who helped them do it or how they did it. I I can understand that. If it's uh, something they they claim is is really in the interest of national security, I could understand them not disclosing how they did it. I do, I However, agree. Um, it does leave one with the impression that perhaps they thought they were going to lose the case, and so that's why they did that's, it. I, I, don't, I don't think they cracked it. Uh, well, I, well, I have my doubts. So let me put it that way. Yeah. It, it's possible to be skeptical. Uh, what I really want to hear, and, and I've not heard anybody challenge them on this, is, okay, so you opened it up. Was there anything important on there or not? Yeah. Because it's all very well saying, oh, we found a way to get into that phone anyway. To me, that's bad enough because they were talking about compromising everybody's security in the interest of cracking that phone. So um, to then at the 11th hour say, oh, you know what? We've realized we found a way to doing it. To, to me, that, that's just so wrongheaded because it's like, okay, yeah, you know that big constitutional issue we just opened up? Uh, yeah, we don't think we need it now. I'm sorry, that, that's not good enough. And secondly, I also want to know, you know, one of the one of the whole points about this was, well, there could be something really, really vital in there. Now, I'm not ex- expecting them to tell us what it is, but I expect I would expect them to up. Bearing in mind they push this into the public domain, I would expect the FBI to update the world on the status of the investigation and whether there was anything truly relevant on that phone or not. Yeah, they're not going to do that because I don't think they actually cracked the phone. I think that public backlash. Um really was starting to turn against them. They tried to use fear tactics. I think it backfired. I think more and more, especially with all the different tech companies, you know, at the 11th hour standing up for Apple and going, hey, we agree with Apple. Microsoft did. Google did. Facebook did. A lot of companies did. They they backed Apple on this. Not at first, but once it became apparent that public opinion was definitely swinging towards Apple's way, after Apple got the message out well and some really good writers online, um, started reporting on it correctly. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how. I, everything I read still indicated that it was, it was not by any stretch like a, a slam dunk that people agreed with Apple. The public opinion has shifted almost 22 percent right. two days before the FBI made this announcement. 22 percent in public opinion is a big shift. That Fair is enough. a big shift. So, 
I don't think they cracked it. I think they realize that they're going to lose this battle um, in public opinion as well as uh, in the courts, and they decided to back off. And the way that they did so is to try to save face, going, you know what? Uh, we don't have to go to court. We, we cracked it. Because the whole point was they kept saying, oh, it's about this one phone. It's about this one phone. Until they started saying, well, no, it's not about this one phone. We've got uh, hundreds of other iPhones we want them to, to open. You know, this is about national security. This is about safety. This is about putting people first and putting the bad guys away. And when those arguments weren't working, they backed off. Yeah. So I, I, the whole episode is pretty shoddy to to think that this is how um, you get law carried in the in in a democ in a democracy. It's to basically use the power of the courts to get something you know that the democratic process won't deliver to you is um is pretty disgusting really i, I mean if if a dictator did that and basically kind of fitted up a court to to give a, a, a legal rubber stamp of approval to some shady practice in uh i don't know in, in somewhere with like uh, in saudi arabia then people would go oh that's not not democracy oh that's a, a an abrogation of people's rights uh, and yet in the land of the free, the home of the brave, apparently that's acceptable for the FBI to do. Should not be. No, Should I agree 100%. And yep. uh, I'm glad that they dropped the case. I would really, I, like you, I'd like to know, okay, you dropped it. So what was on the iPhone? Yeah. It was, it was, you don't have to give us details. I mean, if it's an ongoing investigation, fine. But was there something there? What was it? Was it with the uh, the uh, district attorney of San Bernardino said might be there might be a dormant cyber pathogen? Yeah, give us an update on that, please. <laughs> so I, I think we I think we have a right to know on that one. Yeah, exactly. So today is April first. It's also the day that I was really looking forward to. The day Star Wars comes out digitally. Okay. So I woke up this morning. Spent my 20 bucks and downloaded The Force Awakens on iTunes. Mm -hmm. You know, David, I watch a lot of movies actually on my computer, not on the Apple TV sitting in the living room. Mm -hmm. So I sit there through the five and a half gig download, took about 40 minutes, which isn't bad. I wish I, wish I could get five and a half gig in 40 minutes at home. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to watch the movie this morning, but I did want to watch some of the special features. It came with a lot of special features. Yeah. That's what you bought it for, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've got an early 2012 MacBook Pro 15-inch. It's an Apple product. I'm using Apple software, iTunes, to watch this movie. I bought the movie from Apple on iTunes. I launch it. I launch it, and it says... The selected movie won't play on your display. This movie can't be displayed on displays that support H that only support HDCP high definition digital content protection. Okay, so I can't watch it on this twenty seven inch monitor that I've got plugged in. Right. Okay. So you're on what you're on an iMac? No, I'm on a MacBook Pro. On a MacBook Pro. Could you watch it on the internal screen? Well, that's what I thought. I thought, okay, maybe the the, the mini display port adapter that I'm using going into this monitor isn't compliant with yeah. copy protection. So I unplug the monitor mm -hmm. completely, quit iTunes, relaunch iTunes, hit play, same thing. 
Same thing. So basically it's complaining that the connection between your logic board in your laptop and your display, which is kind of a ribbon cable buried in the guts of the laptop, doesn't support encryption, so it won't play it. That's what it's saying. Man. I went and checked I went and, I, I went and checked Age of Ultron. Avengers yeah. Age of Ultron because I, I also bought that but I never watched it here on the computer. I, I watched it on the iPad streaming and mm-hmm. I've watched it on the Apple T V parts of it. Well the kids did anyways. Yeah. Same thing. So that's forty dollars worth of movies that I can't watch on Apple's hardware. That I'm well I am um uh... I'm stunned. I really am stunned. I, I, I'm, I'm beside myself about this. I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to decide what I want to do. I'm, I well, don't know if I want to make a huge comp- stink or simply it, send an email to Apple saying, I want my $40 back from these two movies that I downloaded and cannot play on a machine that's only four years old from you. I would, I, I mean, that's what I'd do. Um, and then go torrent it. Sorry, I didn't say that out loud, did I? <laughs> well, here's here's the flip side of that. As you know, you follow tech news. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Force Awakens, like I said, came out today, but actually, about a week ago, it hit the torrent sites. A copy of the Blu-ray got into the pirates' hands before it was released to the general public because they press these things weeks and weeks yeah. in advance. And there's a Blu-ray quality copy on the torrent sites so on a lark this morning i went to the torrent site found one i didn't do the blu-ray copy i just did the 1080p yeah it came in um i i can't remember at the top off the top of my head it was like a gig a 1.2 gigabytes in size downloaded it took about mm, seven minutes if mm-hmm. that hit play and guess what played just fine mm. well that's yeah, so I'm, I'm i mean i've just googled this problem i'm seeing uh, stuff in the apple forums going back as far as 2010 with this problem so this is not new no i but, saw that too i, I briefly so, researched it so i find myself wondering on what circumstances is that movie allowed to play where can you play? Because I'm seeing people here saying they've they've done it on an Apple TV and had had the same error. So where are you meant to watch this film? Well, if if I lo- if I connect a, I've got this. Um, what is this? A forty-seven inch, I think forty-six inch TV that's hooked up to my arcade, my my main yeah. arcade. If I hook that up via HDMI to my MacBook, it'll play. Uh, but I don't understand why it won't play on the internal screen. That That's what really flummoxes me. Like you say, I can understand if you pipe it out to an external monitor. While I don't really agree with that because I think it's stupid, um, I can understand why it might not work if there's some sort of out-of-spec equipment there. But I don't understand why it won't play on your laptop. I don't know either. It should. I've bought other content through iTunes that play just fine on my laptop. Why this and Avengers won't, which, by the way, are both Disney movies... Mm. Yeah. Disney, big corporate. Apple's a big corporate as well, of course. We're, but, uh, we're, we're going to blast Disney in the second half of the show oh, yeah. with some of our feedback. But this <laughs> is unacceptable to me. 
I agree. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I would, just as a matter of principle, rather than spend any effort trying to resolve this, I would just contact Apple and say, I want my money back for these movies. And I'm thinking about just buying the Blu-ray because I want both of these movies, but I don't, yeah. I don't want physical media anymore. I really right. don't. Yeah, but unfortunately, this is the problem because the movie industry is so scared of piracy. Um, but this isn't helping. This isn't doing anything. These, <laughs> of course, I mean, look, it was is, a week before is, it even came out. I could torrent this it. Is, this is the FBI um, problem again. It's it's them. It's them saying, "Oh, we want a technical solution that's going to disadvantage everybody to suit our needs," and everyone that's else going, FBI. "Well, hang on a minute." Hang, well, no, but it's it's a it's a parallel type problem for the FBI in this case. Put the, the movie industry. The FBI says to Apple, "We want a technical problem to get to allow us to get into a phone, so we're going to compromise everyone's uh, user experience and potentially their protection in the interest of what we want to do, what our worldview is." In in the case of the uh, of the of the digital digital copy of a movie, this is the movie industry saying to everybody, saying, "We want movies that that are really hard to play and suck." because we want to try and prevent privacy. Meantime, out in the real world, the things get copied anyway. And meantime, out in the real world, people, the terrorists will continue to use encryption, no matter what Apple does to undermine our encryption. So, you know, it's, it's a parallel problem. It's, it's big organizations think that they have a technical problem, a technical solution to people doing bad things, when in fact all they do is punish law-abiding people. I agree 100%. And... I'm so ticked off about this. I really am. I yep. could have I could have downloaded this movie before it came out and watched it in crystal clear. In fact, there there is an actual Blu-ray I could download from a torrent site. I saw that too. It was like six or five gigabytes. I could yep. I could have I could have broken the law. And some people will say, "Well, you did because you went and torrented it after the fact." <laughs> well, I, hey, I bought it. I bought it and cannot watch it on the machine that I bought it on. Yeah, there's 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 no legal justification for them to say, well, yeah, it's because well, it's your hardware, it's your software. I bought it through your store and I can't watch it. That'd be like buying something, buying a digital game on the PS4 and you can't play it on the PS4 because you're not connected to the right TV. You can only connect this if you use a Sony TV. Maybe. Unless it's an older Sony TV. And then you can't. It's ridiculous. It should be illegal. And I I think I'm going to raise a big stink over it next week. Yeah. I I just... uh, I I really... uh, I don't understand it. I I just... As I say, I'm just... As surprised as you are that it won't play on the laptop screen, because not at all. I would expect. I would expect maybe, that. maybe, maybe I'll unplug the monitor, reboot the computer, and see if it'll play. But I don't think it's going to. It's just. It makes no, no sense at all. No. no. And, and yeah, there's no wonder why people steal stuff. Well, what and do you problem, want? The look. problem is the first time you look. You was a you was a let's say forget forget the fact that you're a you're a tech guy and you you can't know the stuff in the side out. What's going to happen to the average Joe who's never broken a law in his life? Yeah, who wants who goes and does doesn't goes the same thing as you downloads the movie finds they can't play it on the laptop. Maybe goes to see the you know the uh, the tech guys at Best Buy or whatever. Ask them what's going on. Uh, rings Apple or whatever, and he's told well it just doesn't work like that. 
Yeah. What's that person going to do? Are they going to go, OK, well, I'll write it off to experience and maybe I'll have better luck next time. They're then going to go out and educate themselves on how to get the, the pirate copy. Yep. And once they figure that the pirate copy is easier and costs them no money. And well, the quality it, is just, fantastic. Yeah. You've just lost a paying customer for life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm. Piracy. I'm, I'll be honest, David, at this point, I don't know if I'm going to buy any more movies from iTunes. Well, well uh, hearing this story, I wouldn't. I've, I've never, I've never, I've always only rented movies from from iTunes. I've never bought one before. But hearing this story, I probably wouldn't buy one now. Uh, I, I'm beside myself. I'd love to hear what the listeners out there think. Have you have you had this problem? Have you seen this problem? I mean, I think this is going to blow up in Apple's face massively because this movie is going to be downloaded by a lot of people through iTunes, and you're going to start seeing these problems. I just happened to do it first thing this morning. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people are going to be really ticked off. Yeah. So let us know what you think. The show at techfanpodcast.com is the email address. Of course, you can just go to techfanpodcast or mymac.com and leave a comment there or on our Facebook or Twitter feed. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Are, are, is David and I overreacting to this? I don't think we are. But what do you think? It's. It, I think this encourages private, uh, piracy. I, I it does just the opposite of what the, the misguided, stupid business practices uh, that Disney has here. Because I'll be yeah. honest, David, I don't think Apple really wants to put copy protection and stuff. Well, no, we know they've. they've I mean, in years gone past, they famously, uh, you know, wrote an open list in the industry on music saying we should get rid of this, and then eventually taught them into doing that. I'm sure that their attitude to this would be exactly the same. Apple doesn't want Apple. Um, more than anybody else understands that this stuff gets in the way of their relationship with their customers. They'd much rather it be gone. But if the only way they can get that movie onto iTunes is to is to play the industry's you know stupid technical games, and that's what they are, that's what they're going to do. I'm wondering if it'll you play know. on my Apple TV. I, I'm I've just looked something else up here. There is a possibility. What what um, is it? A Retina iMac you've got? Mm, no, it's not an I iMac. Want- it's a MacBook Pro. MacBook Pro. So I wonder whether the reason it won't play on your internal screen is because it's too high res and you haven't got a 1080p capable screen on your internal screen. So that's sure why do. it won't play there. I get I get better resolution than 1080p on my 15 inch MacBook Pro. 1080, uh, 1080p is a shitty display, dude. I, I know, but if it's not um, if it's 1440 by 900, then that won't be. Um, that's higher than 1080p. It's higher than that's higher than that though. No, that if it's 40, that's I'm thinking about MacBook Air. You've got a MacBook Pro. So yeah, I've got be. a 15 inch MacBook Pro. It was top of the line, non Retina when I bought it. You know, I'm gonna. T- oh, it's the wrong TV. I, as we talk, I've got my arcade Mame sitting here. This is for those. I keep saying arcade Mame for those who. What is that? That is a PC sitting inside of a arcade. That's actually hooked up to a television. This is not my normal arcades. So I'm actually going to fire up the Apple TV in here as we're talking. Um, I need my glasses, though, because, you know, I'm blind. Because you're old, yeah. (laughs) Old and blind. Old and blind. need my reading glasses. So I launch my remote app. Uh, i got to go to the right input. So on this arcade thing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, There it is. Uh, I have my Fire Stick 
and my Apple TV connected. All right. I just got to remember which stupid input that I used. I think it's this one. Yep, there it is. Okay, Apple TV could not sign in. All right, so let's sign in. Of course. But this is you couldn't sign in, and then it just goes to, yeah, to retry. Why would you not want to retry? All right, so let's sign in. Apple TV. You, oops. You better work. Go ahead and talk, because i got to type here, and it's... Okay, yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still read, you know, I'm kind of speed reading stuff as, uh, as, as you, you're doing this, and you're not, you're certainly not the first person to encounter this, for, and it's been going on for a very long time. So, HTCP, who knew? You know, it's not. So, I mean, the problem is, it's something nobody even thinks about. Everybody kind of assumes if you can legally download it to your device, then it should play. All right, uh, I just selected the movie in uh, on my Apple TV okay I got the splash screen the splash screen worked fine on my computer yeah. it says it's loading and it's probably going to kill my internet connection uh, hit resume playing because I actually I skipped ahead in iTunes just to see if something yeah. was screwed up at first uh, and I think I went to where the TIE fighter thing was and so I, the Apple TV just recognized that that's where I left off even though it wasn't actually playing. Well, let's see. Now it says it's authorizing. So it's going to stream it down. Oh, look at that. Crystal clear picture. Oh, that's amazing. So I've got um, this TV in here is probably five years old. Yeah. And it, the. Well, let's turn this off. Go. Oops, I hit the wrong button. And the uh, Apple TV in here on the arcade is an Apple TV 2. Which is also ancient. Which is, yeah, I don't even know how old that is. It was, again, about four or five years old, I think. Uh, at least. So yeah. I can use this old-ass crappy technology, and it plays just fine. But yeah. I spend an hour downloading it from iTunes after spending 20 bucks, and I can't play it on my laptop. I mean, yeah. what if I was getting ready to go for uh, on a business flight today? Well, you and you I, I, I download it to my computer and get on the plane, open up my laptop, and guess what? Not playing it. Yeah. Now, if I synced my iPad to and put Star Wars on there, I could play it on there. It's 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 unbelievable. Yeah. It's uh, but you know, yes, Apple has some responsibility here, but so does the movie industry. Because if, you know, if I, Apple I, I, really I wanted to help people, they would have said. No, we're not selling it in this format because we're going to have too many complaints. But they're not going to do that because they'd be too scared people would buy it elsewhere. Yeah, they'd just go and buy it from Amazon or somewhere else. So anyways, let's move on yeah. before I start pulling my hair out. And My hair is pretty short right now, and I don't have a lot to pull out. Um, yeah, let's take a break. We're going to come back. No, you know what? Before we take I I have to talk about this. So... We all got a free subscription to Apple's music streaming service when it launched, right? Yeah. yeah. I canceled mine. Yeah, so when it came time to renew, it's not going to renew automatically. I, I thought it was a piece of junk. I didn't think it worked very well. I think Pandora's better. Uh, it, it Once again, when it comes to stuff like this, Apple kind of dropped the ball. Didn't think yeah. it was – it just wasn't worth it to me. Um 
And we've talked about in the past, it was deleting people's stuff and moving their music libraries around, deciding some songs actually belong in this library instead of the one that it was supposed to be. And I'm sure it's a lot better now, but it was a rough, it was a rough start. And even if it is, I don't care. I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. So I jump in the car, I plug in my iPhone. uh, I'm going to pick up Cole or Brooke from the bus stop. Launch Apple Music. Start driving. And all it shows me is an ad to subscribe to Apple Music. It's not showing me my music, which is what I wanted. And so as I'm driving down the road, I literally have to look at my screen to find this tiny little button to close this stupid ad so I can start playing my own music. Oh, right. So I understand. So basically you're saying you tried to use the music app and you got a big, horrible pop-up ad, the sort of thing we hate on the web. Yep, in my music app. I couldn't even listen to my own music because Apple filled the whole screen with their, oh, try Apple Music, subscribe to... Really? Really, Apple? This is what it's come down to. Blocking access to my freaking app, to my music, so you could try to sell me with your shitty subscription service. I am so pissed off about this. I'm almost more pissed off about this than the Star Wars thing. Well, this is this is very much in Apple's responsibility. Wow, that's 100%. terrible. 100%. It blocked up. I'm driving down the road. I have to take my eyes off the road to fix this problem. Actually, I pulled over. But that's not the point. This is unacceptable. 100% unacceptable. This is my music that's on my phone using this app that I've been using for years. And you're going to block complete access to it to try to sell me on some subscription piece of shit service? Screw you, Apple. Screw you. Well, I'm reading. I'm reading here. It was the same thing, and apparently this is the suspicion. This is a bug from going bug from my ass. They can kiss um, my ass. And and there's there's one guy here. He's gone. Oh, thank you for pointing me in the right direction, everyone. I chose a thread suggestion. I closed all my apps, shut down, restart my phone, joined Apple Music, and then it went away. <laughs> oh yeah, it is a bug. All you got to do is join it, and then they won't bother you. That yeah, that's, that's a workaround, is join Apple Music. Let me see wow. if it does it again. Uh, I'm going to quit all my apps. I don't even think I had music running. I didn't. But all my apps are now closed. And I don't think it does it every time, because I'm going to launch music. No, there's my music right there. No, no, I've, I've, I've just launched music on mine. I'm, uh, yeah, the full screen. The girl with the blue headphones, yeah? Mm. Is that what you've got? No, it, it went to my music. All oh, right. See, I've got join Apple Music or go to my music. And, of course, the join Apple Music has got a big red button around it, and the go to my music doesn't. So, again, if I'm in the car here, I'm going to be stabbing at this with my thumb. But go into that, and I, I do then see the app. But, That's uh, unacceptable. Yeah. That is, is disgusting it? behavior. Apple, you should be ashamed of yourself. Are you trying to get people to, 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 to join... Uh, a different music service? Are you trying to get people to buy an Android phone or a Windows phone? Yeah. Keep we'll screwing run. around with people like this and find out what happens. Yeah, this is, you know, the problem with Apple Music is they, they integrated it into the music playing app on the phone. Um, to me, it would be better just to have a completely independent thing. Absolutely. You know, rather mixing it all together. Yeah, because, of course, then, yeah, the people aren't interested in the service are going to constantly get bugged by it. When um, you know, when they use something else, um, hey, Spotify's pretty good. 
Spotify and Pandora, you, you guys would get my money if I ever decide to get streaming service. I know, you know David, what? you're on Spotify. I run Spotify, and I also um, I, I was sent an offer this week for a, an app called Ever Music Pro. I've heard it. Yeah, yep. and, and basically what you do with that is free, Ever Music Pro is actually free at the moment, um, whereas before it was an ad-supported version, but it's now completely free. And this allows you to uh, – but it basically it works just like Spotify or something else, but it works with your own clouds. So you can put your music in, um, say, uh, Dropbox, uh, and then it will it will basically play it from there or let you copy it down to the phone. Um, it's a brilliant app and um, has a player that doesn't spam you with advertising. This is like the Angry Tim episode, but I can't help it. It's, it is, yeah. Jesus you know Christ. I, I've, I've also been pretty Apple uh, angry with Apple this week over this. Um, I got hit with that Safari link bug. Oh, yeah. You know about this one? Yeah, and, and they just fixed it yesterday. Just fixed it yesterday. You know what? I've been I've been so desperate to get this fixed because I've basically made my phone unusable for the web. So what what was happening was that apparently there's a, a new thing in, in um, iOS 9 that lets uh, web pages in Safari launch apps, uh, and the way the way it does this is the is the app registers a whole load of web domains that basically if Safari goes to, then it can automatically fire up the uh, the app and, and pass the information over. Uh, and Booking.com, who are a, a kind of one of these online hotel sites, they basically uh, filled it with uh, four or five megabytes of hundreds of hundreds of, of hotel websites. Uh, and it was crashing Safari because uh, Safari wasn't designed to handle a cache that, that size. And the problem was what it did is because it was trying to deal with a massive file, you go on Safari and, and Safari would just lock up any time you clicked on a link. And if you clicked on a link in mail or messages or anywhere else, it was the same problem. Um, and it was it was incredibly frustrating. There was some rubber chicken stuff people tried to try and get rid of it. Booking.com fixed the error very quickly, but the problem was that um, it was in the cache of your phone, and even rebooting the phone didn't get rid of it. So uh, we were all waiting for a fix. I've no word of a lie been checking software update probably every hour to an hour and a half while I've been using my phone this week because I fit, this hit me over the weekend. My wife's iPad got the same. And she hadn't even looked. She had Booking.com on her iPad, but she hadn't even looked at it for, for about two years. Uh, and it and it locked her up. And she was she was going, well, you know, what we're going to do about this? I can't use my iPad properly. Um, I'll download just, Chrome. Well, that's what I had to do. But even Chrome wasn't working right. I ended up using um, something that has its own complete web engine called uh, Puffin, and using that. But the problem was. I, I would be in my uh, news reading app, and I click on a link in there, and it wouldn't work because it's and, Safari. Because uh, it's Safari, because basically it's using the same WebKit system yep. underneath. Um, so it's incredibly frustrating. I really do point the finger at Apple on this. They invented this scheme. They apparently didn't document it very well. They certainly didn't put any limits on on how it should be used. And then let's let's not forget they vet all the apps as well. So they let this app vetted go through with a, a Safari causing bug. So, um, yeah, really, really poor, and we've had to wait four or five days for Apple to fix it. And once again, it's it's Apple's online crap, just like yeah. the streaming service, just like downloading movies, which stream, just like – I don't yeah. get it. This is – shame on you, Apple. And, and by the way, today, happy 40th birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Apple. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break before I blow, uh, blow a blood vessel in my forehead. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
Hi, everyone. It's Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here to tell you about the show. I wish Gaz was here, but apparently he's too busy, so... Hey, hold on a minute. I'm right here. What are you going on about? Well, I was about to cut a promo, but you always seem busy doing other things. Okay, now you've cheesed me off, so I'm turning you into a chipmunk. <laughs> sure, like you have the power to do that. Whoa, what did you just do to me? Like I said, I turned you into a chipmunk. Now be quiet while I do the promo. Why do I have a sudden craving for lettuce? The MyMac.com podcast is a fun look at all the goings-on in the Mac world. We involve the listeners in a show to talk about what's important to them and interview people who do amazing things with their Macs and iOS devices. A carrot might be nice. You can contact us via Facebook, Twitter, Skype, as well as email. I have an urge to climb trees really fast. Shh! Find us in iTunes by searching under my Mac. You'll find us and a lot of other great shows all under the Stoplight Network. Hey, I can scratch behind my ears with my foot. If you promise to be good, I'll change you back. I don't know. I'm kind of digging the fur. The MyMac.com podcast. Done by a Brit and apparently now a chipmunk. Back here on Tech Fan number 249. I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. We love feedback. It uh, it makes the show better by yeah, far. Does. And we've got a lot of feedback on this episode. Thank you to all of those uh, who wrote in and uh, provided some feedback and some opinion for this episode, uh, you know, obviously about last episode. We want to continue uh, to do this every single week. So please, guys, send in your feedback. Even if it's something really brief, it really does help David and I a lot. And uh, it's real easy to do. Just simply send an email, the show at techfanpodcast.com, or go to any of the three websites that actually show, you know, the show notes and all that, which is techfanpodcast.com, mymac.com, or the one I don't usually talk about, stoplightnetwork.com. Our show is on all three of those pages, and all three of those pages allow comments. So you can comment there. I'll copy and paste those comments right into our show notes so David and I have them with us, and we can talk about it here on the show. Uh, so we've got a lot to get into here, David. But first, I do want to say happy birthday to the MyMac podcast. This cool. week, they're recording their 600th episode. Wow. That's that's quite a feat. It is, um, you know, and and they're doing a rocking job over there. More, those guys. more than half the shows now are Guy and Gaz. Yeah, yeah, it's um, they're becoming broadcasting legends. They are absolutely, yeah. or they're infamous, or is that famous? No, I think infamous is the right word. So, uh, congratulations, Guy and Gaz! I can't wait to hear the thirtieth episode. I know the music that Guy is playing at the top of the new episode. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be cool. Cool. Congrats, guys. Um, let's get into this. Uh, the first one is from Donnie Yankelo. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. He says, have to agree with David. On okay, the that's 16th. enough there. Let's, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> All right. This is obviously about the my yeah. my last week being pissed off at Apple about sixteen gigabyte 16 iPhone. 
headphones, yeah. And and uh, and obviously I I was a bit more relaxed about it. I think I think it's fair to say. Uh, Donnie says how to agree with David on the 16 gig argument. My parents just got their first iPhone smartphone for that matter this year. I had them get the 16 gig model because I knew it would be enough for them. They use them for email, texting, a small amount of music, and a few apps. Sometimes they take pics. For them, it is fine and completely usable. Will 32 gig be better? Sure, but they did not want to spend another $100 per phone for 64 gig, and this is fine for them. They have had 16 gig iPads for several years too, and they are fine. I suspect most people will see they can get four times the amount of memory for $100 more and do that, and I suspect it happens much more than it would with a 32 gig base model. That might be part of the plan. Should the, I- should the iPhone and, and iPad start at 32 gig? Yes. Are they unusable at 16? No, Donny. So, thank you, Donny, for that. And uh, still arguing for the for the for the lowest common denominator. <laughs> Yay! Let's. It's okay. It's 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 not enough. No, but it's it's fine. You know, no, it's, it's, it's look. Apple think, wouldn't lose a dime if they made it thirty-two instead of sixteen. But eh, it's it's okay. Fine. I think I think good enough for you know. Donny's, I think Donny and I are both of the same mind. We are not saying it's completely acceptable. We're also saying it's not the end of the world. But they give us Vaseline with it, so we'll take it. Well, Vaseline is a lovely, lovely product. Hmm. <laughs> Sandro also wrote in. Yeah, Sandro Cuccia. Um, I don't know where this came from. Did this come from email? Uh, no, this was uh, on the TechFan podcast Tech website. Right. Okay, there you go. So it does work in the comments. Sandro says, don't forget that most businesses and companies as well as government agencies that purchase iPhones for employees want entry-level models and buy the 16-gig models. This helps enforce personal use policies and discourages the user from loading up business use for iPhones with videos, photos, games, apps, etc. Additionally, entry-level models purchased in bulk help meet budgetary requirements. None of which would be changed with a 32-gig entry-level model. Well, except that the personal use point, which I think is a is a well made point, this is of concern to uh, to some um, corporate buyers. That if you they, want they, if you want to discourage personal use on an iPhone, don't give them internet access because well, that's what they're but, using. They're not using but, games. They're not taking they, very many pictures. They're on Facebook all day. That's true, but that, most most corporate phones, I would imagine, are managed to some degree. So you can lock out that sort of activity if you want to. Yep. But it's it's certainly true that you, as as an IT administrator, you don't want to if you're trying to deploy a corporate app to a corporate phone to find that you can't do it because they have um, gigabytes and gigabytes of, of videos on there. Yeah, but that's I mean. Uh, that's a corporate issue and it's not solved by screwing everybody over with five-year-old amounts of hard drive space. That's true. Uh, I think, I think the, the, the argument that Sandra is trying to make here is that it's it's the corporations um, will often demand a lower spec model for corporate use and that Apple can kill two birds with one stone by having 16 gig iPads and iPhones that do that that corporates can buy, and at the same time, in the consumer space, offer them a very good upsell opportunity to the 64. So Jim Haw, he's yeah. at Boink, B-O-I-N-K on Twitter, writes, uh, Yes, Apple, why keep 16 gigabytes alive? I'm surprised there's no gigabyte gate yet. Well, you know, Jim, why there's not? Because they have too many apologists in Sandro... Donnie and David. That's yeah, why. So, you know what? We are, our lobbying knows no bounds. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I, I spend all the evening, every, every evening, <laughs> yeah, sending kill squads out on tech journalists who comment on this issue. So you can expect a knock on the door any day now, Tim. <laughs> uh, uh, Nate Bartgate uh, wrote on, uh, <laughs> on um, Twitter, Hey, David, you mentioned the other week in a conversations about ad blocking and a tracker blocker you use. What is it? I used two, actually. Uh, I, originally, I used Ghostery, uh, and Ghostery is... Hopefully, uh, they're not too big great... with your 16-gig iPhone, though. <laughs> actually, they don't have an iOS product. If they were the... Uh, you, you can get the, the Ghostery add-on for, for pretty much every browser going, um, and uh, it's it's interesting, actually, because it has pops up a little window every, every web page you go to, showing what it's blocked access to, and you'd be amazed at how much stuff there is on there. And it's really nice. Can you turn that off? Impact. You can turn that off if you want yeah, to. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, um, that would be more it, annoying to me than the ads would be. Maybe maybe uh, after the first week it would be. For the first week I want yeah, to see that. It'd be yeah. like, wow, look at all this right. crap that it's blocking. Holy moly. That's right. But after a week the, I'd the be like, thing, okay, stop. The only thing is Ghostery is not really a true ad blocker. It's more of a of a tracking and referral blocker. So you will see ads if you use Ghostery still, but what it will stop stop um, the websites doing is sending you all over the place and tracking where you're going. So it's quite good for that. The other one that I've started using recently is um, – uh, it's called uBlock, and you can get that at uBlock.org, and that is a, a kind of a, a – it does the same as Ghostry, but it also blocks ads as well. And the guys behind uBlock are the same people behind Purify on the iPhone. Send me a so, link if you can so I can include it in the show notes. Will do. Cool. The next one, yeah. uh, nice long letter. I like these two. Yeah. And uh, this is from uh, Brendan Rowland. Yep. Just when you thought advertising and tracking couldn't get any scummier. Mm. <laughs> gotta, you got to like that. I mean, that's just I, right I, there. I like I like his title. Yes. Um, I'm, I must admit, having read through the article, I'm not sure I agree completely with some of the sentiments being um, stated here. But um, basically, the, the title of the, of the blog post you refer to, um, from a chap called Glenn Reed, who used to work for Adobe, um, and uh, by the way, I, I follow that guy's links. He's a very interesting guy. I, I reached out. I'd love to do a, a MyMac spotlight on him, but uh, he hasn't replied yet. Yeah, he also, um, I believe, we, he used to work for Apple as well. He did. Yeah, so kind of um, reminds he, me of an Owen Rubin as far as he's he's kind of uh, he worked for all these companies back when they were still yeah. good companies and not screwing people over with sixteen gigs of RAM. So so. Um, <sighs> I'm not, so basically what he says here is, he says, I'm so old I can remember when Adobe was one of the good guys. I can also remember when you can re- read intelligent, informed debate on Slashdot, glory days. So he's, he's setting himself up here as a bit of a, a, bit of a, 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 a get-off-my-lawn-curmudgeon type here. There was an apposite comment on Michael Tsai's blog. I agree that Adobe is nasty. Their DRM slows down and destabilizes any machine it's on. They install all kinds of hidden and purposely obscure files to do scummy stuff in your computer, including spying you in general, collect personal data, and sell it. Introduce huge security holes, real evil company. But to say they're going downhill is to deny reality. They'll keep pulling this crap because it's working for them. Their profits are way up, and Wall Street is, de- is delighted. Uh, and basically, the whole article, the whole article goes on to um, to to say that uh, he tried to 
upgrade a copy of Acrobat he had. Yep. Uh, and uh, similar to what you, you were just saying about before, he paid his money and then found that he couldn't do the upgrade because they said it was too old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was being pushed towards Creative Cloud and he had all sorts of problems and he got very, very upset. And why does it have to be this way? And all I want to do is pay my money and move on. And all they want me to do is subscribe to their crappy software service that I don't want and uh, get off my lawn. Um, all of that sort of stuff. Now, uh, and, and then, and then um, Brenda goes on to say, it's years since I had any Adobe software on, my, any, on any machine of mine, not since Adobe discontinued FrameMaker on the Mac. Yeah, that was and a long I time changed, ago. Yeah. And I changed permissions to read only on the folder where they try to install locally stored objects. So he, he does that to try and make sure they don't sneak anything onto his machine. Yep. Look, I, I, I agree that Adobe... Um, have some pretty shady practices. Uh, they're famous for when you install Reader, trying to put uh, toolbars and other things, particularly on Windows, uh, onto your computer. Um, in this case, though, when I read the article of Glenn's, I felt he was being slightly unfair because there was an awful lot of, well, so I did this and it didn't work, and I'm not going to spend half an hour of phone trying to get my money back. So, so I'm just going to. I'm. It's basically was saying I'm not going to bother to reach out to Adobe to say I've got a problem here. I'm just going to complain that this is terrible. And I think that's slightly unfair. You have to give the service provider an opportunity to respond to make sure that this, not, this is not deliberate practice on their point, their part, but is that you know, make sure it's not a, a bug or a fault or something specific to your particular problem. I also, as well, he, he said that, oh, I need to have the latest version of Adobe because um, if I don't have the latest version of Acrobat, it won't run on my system. And that... You know, that's not true. No, it's not, I've because run, I've got CS5 on my machine, yeah, exactly. and it runs fine. Now, it does yeah, crash. I've, I've, in, in fact, in his article, he says uh, Photoshop and Acrobat crash when you quit it. And mine does, too, on uh, Illustrator and Photoshop. But who cares? It's quitting. I, I don't yeah. care. It works fine uh, yeah. up until that point. I can, I can understand, you know, that maybe he wanted something slightly better than that. But the thing is, he went through a process... Uh, it didn't work for him, and then he—I mean, he almost seems to be saying, "Well, I've, sp- I've spent two hundred dollars, uh, and it's not working, and I'm—I'm I'm just going to move on." And I'm just thinking, "Oh, fortunate if you can afford to throw two hundred dollars a problem and then just write it off to experience if it—if uh, it doesn't work for you." Yeah. Brandon but, continues uh, though. He does, yeah. He also talks about the sixteen gig phones. So he says, "I don't own a smartphone and have zero interest in them." Wow, Brandon. <laughs> You are um, going to be an increasingly small minority, but I respect your uh, I respect your owning that. You know, as I, I sometimes do get nostalgic for those days when you had a Nokia phone that would last for a week before you had to recharge it. So I, I guess I guess Brendan's of of that mindset, and good good on you. I've heard though, he says, it, it is said that the small capacity perfectly suits companies that issue them for business purposes. They want only small sets of apps installed, tailored to their business, and no extraneous junk. I'm pretty sure I've heard it said that 8 gigabytes suits such purposes. Thank God the 8 gigabyte phones have gone. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. The first iPhone came out in 4 and... Uh, 4 and 8. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. But that, but that was before they had an app store, so... That was, that was purely aimed at content. Those were uh, headier days, I think. Um Interestingly enough, you know, we went through this in my company a few months ago because we we all moved to successes and we discussed what the uh, hold on, I'm making a what call. The right size. 
Oh, sorry. That that, that was uh, Brendan making a call on his rotary phone. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It took me all of five seconds to find a YouTube video of someone dialing on a rotary phone. Didn't sound as good as I was hoping it was going to, though. No, it didn't. It didn't. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, those were the days. You hated anyone. You hated anyone had big numbers. Oh. You know, up, up the eights and the nines because it took so long for the dial to rotate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we went through this in my company, and we decided on sixty-four gig phones just because we felt that for the number we were buying, we were only buying twenty. We could afford the extra cost. But if you're buying two thousand, then that hundred dollars saved is is pretty important. And uh, once again, know, like, if they just I know simply you're started at thirty-two. That's started. where the problem. Is. It's not that. See, everyone keeps arguing. Well, yeah, but the money and and my parents don't really need. I, I those are valid arguments. Except Apple shouldn't be selling a sixteen gig iPhone now. It should start at thirty-two. That's where, to me, the argument begins and ends. Drop mic. Um, <laughs> little minion did that for me. Um, yeah. they should simply start at 32 gigs. There's no reason to start at 16 gigs anymore, except screwing your customers over and making an extra dime or two. Yeah. It, it makes no, it, they should not have a 16 gig iPhone in 2016. They simply oh, as shouldn't. A, as a counterpoint to everything we've talked about from our listeners, Scott Wilsey came in and <clears> said, as for 16 gigabyte, Tim is right. Sorry, David, because you did make some good points. Well, at least he gave me that. <laughs> but 16 gig iPhones make you become a sysadmin managing apps and photos and podcasts on your device to keep it from running out of space in a way that's against the entire premise of Apple products that you don't need to be a sysadmin. 16 gig iPhones are terrible, and I think people putting up with it is like people putting up with Android. They've never learned life doesn't have to be so painful. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I found I'm, I'm actually on both sides of this argument because I'd much rather see 30 gig phones, but I do maintain that. Plenty of people seem to be living with 16 gig for good or for ill. Uh, Scott Wilsey also wrote that my biggest reason for ad blocking is just the fact that ad networks keep serving up malware. Yep. I mean, yeah. if you don't need any other reason, if you're not a privacy advocate, you don't really care about that. You're not doing anything anyways. Who cares? Right there is a reason to start using ad blocking software. Yep. These networks are serving up malware and ransomware, by the way. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and, you know, as I said last week, I think somebody needs to take the networks to task rather than it being about the uh, the content content providers. Yep. Um, now, Donnie and Scott were both discussing with me <clears throat> over Twitter. Disney Infinity yep. for Apple TV. And Scott brings up a good point. Getting into Disney Infinity on Apple TV wasn't cheap. A hundred bucks for the starter kit, plus additional sets for thirty bucks. Yeah, these 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 toy based video games are not cheap. I know I'm looking at a pile a massive pile of Skylanders that Alexander's collected over the years. Um, and uh, it puts the revenue spent on the actual games completely into the shade. These things are pretty expensive and you are encouraged to buy a lot of them and it's it's a great racket it really is um, here's where my issue comes in disney officially said on a, a forum 
that they're not supporting Apple TV anymore. Or the PC. Or the PC. So, and the PC was rumored to sell around 200,000 copies, which is insignificant compared to the, the console market. Okay. Um, it's been out for less about six months. And you, you kind of sold these with the idea that you could buy new figures. And since you still haven't said anything, people go out and buy new figures and they don't work. Yeah. And then you call them up uh, or you email them and you say, well, my figures doesn't work. There must be a problem. And they go, Oh yeah, we stopped doing those. Yeah, we don't we don't support so, uh, PC or uh, Apple TV anymore for this yeah. brand new product because you know you only make a couple billion dollars, <laughs> Disney. You guys yeah, are really hurting the, for money here. You're going to screw your customers over. Buying, the the figures that people are buying are the new Marvel figures from the uh, new Avengers movie and yep. the Star Wars figures from the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, and the um, ones that people actually want. Well, yeah, but also these are the, these are the properties that Disney own, yeah, and that Disney operate, and you kind of expect. And I think well, look, we've talked about this before about about the life of apps on the App Store, um, and and you know you and I are both firmly have the opinion that it's pretty terrible to sell a product to a, a consumer and then after a period of time just turn around and say you know what. I might be a big multi-billion-dollar corporation, but I decide that I've decided that I can't spend the the uh, development money required to keep this uh, app supported. Um, so we, we're going to pull it, we're going to withdraw it, and you're kind of on your own. And thanks for your money, but goodbye. Yeah, it's bad enough when that happens with you know a three ninety nine or a ten ninety nine app like Bioshock or something else on your iPhone or your iPad. But this is like a this is a minimum hundred dollar purchase. The same, it's the same cost as, as on the other consoles you paid for this. Yep. There's hardware involved and everything. And after six months to uh, turn around – and let's remember, Apple and Disney do have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Jobs used to be majority shareholder at Apple uh, – at, at Disney. At, uh, at Disney. Um, so you know, it's not like it's, it's even a tenuous business relationship. And to do this on the quiet – the problem I have with this is that clearly Apple TV – uh, the, it's been a huge failure TV. when it comes to gaming. Yeah, it has. But you know what? I really think that Apple has been very softly, softly on pushing it. Oh, yeah. Um, Dis- They've Disney never been good with cert- games. Never. Disney has certainly been softly, softly on pushing the fact that you can buy the Apple TV version. Yep. Apple talked about it at the Apple TV launch. But if you go in the stores, the game stores, and look at where they're pushing it, it's all uh, PS4 and, and Xbox One. No. You don't. People don't know that you can buy it on the Apple TV. Nope. Yeah. It's they not, sell it not. in the Apple. They sell it. They're still selling it in the Apple stores, though. Yeah. And it's not even supported now. And Apple's still selling this thing, which means Disney's still shipping them to them, and they're not supporting it anymore. Not with the new figures. It's it's unacceptable on every single level. Look, if it if yeah. it's if it's not making them money. Well, you know what? That's a that's something that you take a chance on when you support a brand new platform. You're one of the launch titles. And it doesn't cost a lot of money to keep support going for the new figures in the software. It really well, doesn't. Look, look, we I, I don't I let's let's be clear here. We don't know that. 
I don't I don't quite understand how Disney Infinity they're works. porting it's not like they're writing from scratch for the Apple TV they're simply okay. porting the same games over from the PS3 or the PS4 the Xbox one or the Xbox 360 because so those same- are the four platforms that it's still on oh and by the way the Wii U so there's five platforms out there that they're they're updating for these new figures to say Considering Disney is one of the uh, richest companies in right. the entertainment industry, it's right. pretty. They it's, made more on even Star if, Wars. Even if, they this... want to, even if they want to do this, you, I, I, it would be far better to make an announcement, explain the position, and then announce what the support tale for this is going to be. And it right. should be something along the lines of: we are warning you now that um, over time, certain figures are not going to be supported on yep. this platform. They should at uh, least give it however, a year. Yeah, but it will be twelve months, and we will we will mark up the figures that won't work, and um, you know we will offer some sort of uh, incentive benefit for anybody who feels hard done by. You know that's the proper way of doing this. Instead, you know it's the usual this, kind of crap. If you yep. have to find some poor call center guy on a support forum who's who's left to give you the, the crappy news that then spreads over the internet like a virus. That in fact they've pulled this. It's I don't disgusting. think they've even now they've officially commented. They have in this forum. It wasn't. A, it was someone from that team that uh, that commented that they, they haven't issued a press release. They haven't no. uh, answered any of the tech queries that come from the tech press about this. No, nope. no. Um, and uh, yeah. And by the way, I'm still waiting for Bioshock to come back in the App Store too. So it's unbelievable. <laughs> I know this just sounds like we're complaining about everything, but we've got a lot of freaking stuff to complain about. This is ridiculous. Not only that, we are reflecting user feedback. So this is this is how our listeners feel. You know, I could understand if Disney was hurting or something, like they were back in, say, 95. But they they just made a few billion dollars from Star Wars. Come hey, on. I, I, can't, I have to believe that if Disney approached Apple and said, you know what, this platform's not working for us, we're going to have to pull it. Apple, I'm sure, would say, you know what, don't please don't... Please don't cut our customers off at the knees when you are a launch title. Let us throw you some money to to give it a, a long tail. No, Apple doesn't care about their customers. If they did, they wouldn't put 16 gigs on iPhones. If they did, uh, I could you know play freaking Star Wars on an Apple computer, but I can't. If you'd use a 16 gig, uh, 16 gig phone, then... Then you couldn't even have downloaded this anyway. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't be able to download. Uh, see, yeah, 16 gig phones the answer to all your problems. You would not be able to have the space to download The Force Awakens, and neither would you have the space to, to um, install Disney Infinity. That's right. You see, 16 gig, it's the future. It's the future. <laughs> that uh, a rotary phone that Brendan's going to send me. <laughs> so let's, let's wrap this episode up with something different, David. You got a, uh, quote, new computer. Yeah. Did you think this was a uh, an April Fool's joke when I put it in the show notes? No, not at all. Why was it? No, it wasn't. I didn't think so. I'm I am talking to you right now on this new computer, and I'm very very pleased with myself. Anybody who's listened to this podcast for a while knows that I like old stuff. I like the new stuff, but I also like the old stuff. And I, I like, also like old computers, and I cannot yeah. lie. And I also like a bargain. So I snagged myself on eBay last week. A uh, 15-inch PowerBook G4. And I am recommending this as anybody who wants a good, cheap Apple computer. Really take a long, hard look at these. I paid £41 for this, so about $60. Wow. Yeah. And this is... I think you spent about $20 too much. (laughs) 
This machine looks like it's just come out of the box. I mean, it's it's in beautiful condition. It is the final top of the range PowerBook G4 they ever made before they went to the MacBook Pro. Yep. So it has the high risk screen. It has all the ports on it. Uh, it has the, the light up keyboard. You know, this is basically what. Uh, Ten years ago, so people were editing movies. Lusting, on they were lusting after that machine. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If you like, if the reason I bought this is, I, I like, I like my thirteen-inch MacBook that I have, but I do miss the big screen. And yet, I'm too cheap to go out and buy a new laptop with a big screen because that's a lot of money that I don't have right now. This is really, really nice. Runs um, two gigs of RAM. It runs uh, Leopard. Uh, and what I did is to give it because they they aren't the fastest in the world. The, with a machine like this, you are not getting a machine that can go toe-to-toe with something that's current, not by a long stretch. The G4 processor was great in its day, but I think we all found out when um, Apple went to Intel that <laughs> Intel was running rings around them at that point. So it's not. But you know what? This was the pro-level machine in, in the Apple laptop line, so it's not useless by any stretch of the imagination. And it runs uh, Leopard, which in the grand scheme of things looks pretty modern, works pretty modern. It works with, with quite a lot of stuff now. But I did put a, a SSD in here. And uh, this was a bit of a challenge because you can not you can buy uh, SSDs that have IDE interfaces rather than SATA, which is what all the computers nowadays use. But they're really expensive and they're really crap. they got an but adapter, don't they? You can Well, I, what I found is an adapter that takes the mSATA, which is the little cards that go into MacBook Airs and stuff yep. like that, and turns that into IDE. Hmm. Uh, and it's a tiny little thing. It costs about ten bucks, and the, uh, the a, a small SSD uh, SSD. I've got <laughs> so, so, so about a quarter of the price of the actual machine itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in fact, I spent, uh, basically I spent the equivalent of what I bought for the machine for putting um, SSD in here. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it makes a massive difference. Oh yeah. Um, oh, on a yeah. PPC machine, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Are, are you skeptical? I mean. It'd be a fun little project. Look, you're talking to a guy that restores arcade machines from the 80s. So, I mean, what I'm what I'm saying is, with a little bit of, it's not hard to replace a drive in these machines. They're pretty easy to work on. They're not like the new ones, which are glued together. Everything just unscrews and comes off, Mm. and you can change a drive in it pretty easy. So, for less than a hundred dollars, you can get a really nice looking 15 inch Apple computer that is not um, useless by any stretch of the imagination. I've got a couple of software links in here. Um, for 10.4 Fox, which is a kind of a ported version of Firefox that works on, still works on the PowerPC. Um, so you can use all the latest browsing standards if you want to. And, you know, this, you can put uh, an older version of, because of the time it came out, you can get, um, Adobe Creative Suite on here. You can get, uh, Office on here. You, I could edit podcasts on here. I can do pretty much anything I want to on this. It'll all be a lot slower than on an, in, on an Intel machine. But, you know, I, I spent, relatively cheap amount of money on it so um i even managed to I, obviously i'm using skype now I even managed to ha- hack skype so that it will uh, skype basically checks to see what version is running when you uh, connect to the skype network uh, and they don't support the uh, 2.8 which is the version that runs on this machine anymore but you can just change a config file inside it and then it talks to skype perfectly fine <laughs> the only thing you can't so, do is have that plugged in and use skype and talk to me at the same time because it's a uh, annoying hum that happens go ahead and plug it in for a minute let's hear what the hum sounds like i just turned it on now so oh yep there it is i hear it it's yeah so there's a there's a bit of power feedback somewhere yeah 
no. It is slightly odd. What am I going to say? But um, you know what? Not everybody has a lot of money. No, and, and you know what? For the amount of money and, and time and effort you put into to making that work, I think it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to um, make this my only computer. I'm fortunate in that regard. But um, for doing this once a week, it's pretty fine. And you know what? With the, uh, the it had a replacement battery in it. I'm going to turn this noise off because the the, uh, the buzzing will drive you mad. It had a, a the guy who sold it to me had bought a, a cheap battery off eBay. So he said, "Oh, it's got a new battery in it." Uh, I'm getting about three and a half hours of battery life out of it. It's not so bad at all. Bad at all, yeah. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Next week is our big 250th episode, which we're going to do something special, which means uh, we're just going to record a regular episode. We would. <laughs> you had me worried then for a minute. I'm thinking, crikey, did I miss the memo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear from you, the listener. Uh, anything that we talked about on this episode, let us know your thoughts. Are you unhappy about the Star Wars movie not playing on my MacBook Pro? I don't know why you'd be unhappy about it. I'm kind of pissed off about it myself. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, things to be angry about, but at the end of the day, David, we're grateful. You know, we yeah. we get to talk across the Atlantic Ocean and in real time and good quality when that's not plugged in, and <laughs> and and make really good friends on the internet that are listening to these shows. We, yeah, don't, don't take this the wrong way. We have a lot of fun doing this show. I was really looking forward to this episode. Um, I was a little angrier than I thought I was going to be going into it. Um, but that's just my personality. I, I don't like seeing people get screwed over. And, uh, that's really what we've been angry about this whole episode. People getting screwed over in this case, us not happy, not happy at yep. all. So we're going to wrap this episode up. I'm going to go back and play some more uh, Lego Marvel's Avengers on my Mac. Ooh. Ooh. Feral Interactive sent me a promo code to download the game and do a review on it for my Mac. And, uh, yeah, I spent the first day just trying to get a, a, a controller to work. Mm-hmm. None, I've got three different USB controllers. None of them were working. Um, so they finally, I reached out to them and said, I can't get a controller to work. And they said, hey... Do you have a Xbox 360 controller? Is that one of them? And I said, yeah. It doesn't recognize it at all. They said, try these latest drivers on this website. Download it, install it, restart my Mac, and my Xbox 360 USB wired controller works just fine with Marvel's Avengers. Didn't have to change anything. Didn't I, I didn't even go into setup for this controller, and it just works perfectly. Oh, that's so nice when a company cool. can come through like that, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. a company right there. I mean... If you had went to their fax page, you would have saw this. <laughs> I, I didn't do that. Um, but that's the kind of support you expect, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's so, what you want. Fun game so far. I've got it on the PS3 because the kids played in the living room on that. Um, but I'm looking forward to playing it here on my Mac. And I'm running it on my 15-inch MacBook Pro from 2012. It's an early 2012 model. Um, it's working great. I, I put the game on an external drive because it's like six gigs or something yeah and i didn't want to take up that much space on my uh ssd so i, I put it out onto a uh an external hard drive and it's working fine it, it launches think, do, you think, and, do you think it'll run on my powerbook g4 yeah but <laughs> you're gonna have to hack a, a init file right yeah and uh you it'll take you about four days to launch but once it does yeah, once it does yeah i might <laughs> even get three frames per second yeah <laughs> 
No, it's Intel only, obviously. Uh, but with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Once again, love to have feedback from you guys. The show at techfanpodcast.com. Or, like I said earlier, leave a message on one of the many websites that you'll find TechFan or on social media, and uh, we'll read your feedback here on the show. David, as always, it's been a pleasure. See you next week. 